Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys and welcome back to the first off-season show of the year. I'm joined on the show by Brian Davis and Gareth Ellis. We are recording in what seems like quite surreal times at the moment. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not bad considering the circumstances we find ourselves in. How about yourselves? Yeah, all all okay for me. Um, I think, touch wood, I, I seem to be safe and well, as does sort of family and friends. So hopefully that'll long continue. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a busman's holiday for myself. I've worked it generally from home for the past six years, so there hasn't been that much of a change other than I haven't been able to get out out and about as regular. Um, and obviously all the sports finished. <laughs> that, that has been the major downside for me. Um, nice. not, not to make too light of a, what's been a grave situation across the, the globe, of course. But, um, yeah, I think that's the thing I'm finding hardest at the moment all this time in the house and no sport to watch. I saw some sparrows fighting in my garden the other day and it was about the most competitive thing I've seen for weeks. So much so that I was sort of considering setting up some under underworld or sort of dark dark web um, North Swindon sparrow fighting championships <laughs> or something, you know, a bit like the old cockfighting in China and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just start broadcasting it live on YouTube or something, you know. Yeah, let, let, let's not mention China, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's been God knows how many weeks now since the Super Bowl. Um, free agency has effectively been and gone. And I think we have a few things to discuss about how the front office performed. Okay, so... The start of free agency period wasn't the hive of activity we've been used to over the last few seasons, and quite rightly so, when you have a roster of players you you were happy with. However, there was the one obvious kick in the nuts transaction that really had to be done, and ultimately was the best decision for the organisation going forward, and that was the trade of all-pro defensive lineman DeForest Buckner in return for the Indianapolis Colts' first-round pick at number 13. What did we make of this? I think you, you've said it there, it was kind of, it's inevitable. I don't think there was actually much of a decision to be made with the, with the money Defoe has managed to get out of the Colts. Uh, you know, there's no way we could have could have afforded that. Uh, and we've, we've got pretty good compensation uh, in return for him. Uh, you know, pick number 13 is pretty good. I think it's changed our entire approach to the draft, moving from, you know, one pick at pick 31 having pick 13 and 31 has, has made a huge difference. It's uh, sad to see him go. I hope he does well at the Colts, just not too well. Um, and yeah, I think it was, it something had to give. You can't put all of your salary cap into, into the defensive line. And we've already got quite a few high payers there, especially with, with Armstead signing. So um, it's a shame, but I, I think you're right there. It's it, it was inevitable and it's probably the right decision for the organisation. Uh, and uh, we've got pick 13 to look forward to. Yeah, it's kind of sad, isn't it? But then you look at the value that we've got for him. Like you say there, we've turned him in from, what, the first round seventh overall four years ago to the first round 13th overall four years later. So you've got four years production at, I thought, you know, he probably 
played up to his his draft um, where he was actually drafted, didn't he? So you've got that four years production out of him, and in return, you've you've pretty much got back what you know you laid out for him in the first place. You take off the the four years wear and tear in a sport where, uh, in this day and age, the time spent in it is much less than what it used to be, isn't it? When you look at the likes of Patrick Willis and Luke Keekley, Chris Ball, and all those kind of guys retiring early. He's four years down the line now. So, yeah, like I say, the value we've got is excellent. You know, no doubt we've been absolutely downgraded at defensive line, but we've got to put sort of faith in in the guys that are running the franchise in Lynch and Shanahan. And they've got a little wiggle room to move around and and go and get someone in the, in the draft, maybe. Whether we'll do that in the first round or not, I'm not 100% sure, but that we'll probably talk about that on a different podcast further down the line but yeah it was a bit of a gut punch but when you look at the value we've got back for him I think we've done very very well there probably aren't that many players that you can go and draft and four years turn four years later turn turn around and go and get pretty much what you laid out for him in the first place back yeah I think as far as being a 49 is concerned it's certainly changed the whole dynamic of the draft one from being one where you're not going to stay up until daft o'clock in the morning just to see us trade away at 31 to get extra picks in the second, third and fourth round to one where we think, well, actually, we may as well stay up because we'll more than likely take a player of 13, trade down from 31 and pick up some extra picks in 2, 3 and 4 if possible. So it gives us something to look forward to for the first round of the draft, whereas before the trade, I mean, I would normally be up all first round, tweeting away on the uh, the group account, trying to keep the Facebook page up to date. But I was thinking this year, you know what, at 31, the chances of us trading away, I'm, I may as well just go to bed and report on it the next morning. So, yeah, yeah, see what we got for it the next morning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it just gives us a, a new dynamic. And it's an exciting one, looking at some of the players that may be available at 13. Um, but again, I mean, that we're talking draft there, so that's, a, that's one for another show. So on from the Buckner trade, obviously we have two parts to that Buckner trade. We, we've gotten rid of him for a thirteen uh, for a first round pick, number thirteen overall. But the reason we had to do that was obviously the the re-signing of Eric Armstead and the contract we gave to him. What did you make of that? Well, he's had a career year and a contract year, hasn't he? Which to me, <laughs> going down the sort of airing. Air down the sort of this side of caution it's a little bit of a worrying trend um but it is one that oft very often gets rewarded um to all the 49ers players and fans and everyone out there now he needs to go and prove that it wasn't just that and and that he deserves what he's been been given um he also needs to show now that he can draw double teams himself and he isn't going to be uh the well one of the stars of the defensive line because someone else is being double teamed that Buckner was taking on a lot of that double team through the middle uh, through that we saw through you know in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs and through last season and the same will probably be the for next season now with with Bosa and D Ford if one of those gets double teamed on the outside can he still make that same kind of impact up the middle our team's going to go to him to to double team him possibly less so so again then then you're looking at the likes of Bosa and Ford to try and make an impact so to to my mind he needs to uh, perform to the contract that he's been given now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's, it's been with us four years or so and been pretty ineffective for certainly the, the first three of those. Um, and then contract year comes up uh, and he has, a, he has a monster season. 
uh, which mm. is but it, it also coincided with the season that pretty much everybody on the defensive line looked good. Um, yeah, he's got to uh, he's got to prove he's worth it. He's obviously he's taken a team friendly deal, so uh, you know, good on him uh, um, for that for for accepting that. And and it looks good for us going forward with with Bosa, Deford, and Armstead all under contract for a few years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether we, we do go for. Uh, a, a sort of direct replacement in the draft or or whether the team feel we've already got one of those guys. Uh, for example, you know, Solomon Thomas, maybe very similar to Armstead, has, has achieved very little in, in his first sort of three years. Um, uh, potentially there's there's room for someone like him to step up or, or DJ Jones or, or others. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that thinking came into letting Buckner go by thinking, well, actually, we've got another guy who we can put in for more more snaps, uh, and and then he can fill the gap. It, it's it's a tall order for someone to to perform at his level, but I think even if he can get 80 percent of of his level, that might not be too bad because defensive line was one area where we've got quite a lot of uh, of riches. Um, but unfortunately, you can't sink all your money into into one position group. So, yeah, no. something has to go. But it, but it, yeah. it is an opportunity for some of these other guys, or, or again maybe another late round draft pick this year, uh, or even even an undrafted free agent might come from nowhere and good coaching in a rotation. Uh, you know, there could be room for another another superstar there. Yeah, if you think we got DJ Jones in what was it the sixth round last year, and if you look how important he was, was it last year or the year before last? Coming when it was now, but whenever it was that he came in, he was a sixth round draft pick, I think it was, and. We we missed him when he was gone. So again, you're looking at the trust in in the scouting department and and Lynch and Shanahan and those guys to to go out and find another guy like that that they know that they can perform in in those critical late round picks that we've got now, which will be you know the the sort of the those last two in in round five or round six and round seven, or then those last three rounds on on day three. That that's they've probably got to go out and try and get another performer. Um, in this draft for that. And I think that I don't, I don't want to talk too much about the draft, but the, the whole evaluation process for that is going to be so different this year as well, because they've got minimal visits are taking place, aren't they? And, and it, it's just going to be, be such a different event, the, the draft this year. So, and also you think last season we, we, um, our coaches were coaching the, the shrine game, weren't they as well? So yeah, that was a big advantage to get in the lights of train green law and, and those guys in. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's going to be a unique experience for them all. This whole virtual draft, and I think the people who it will probably benefit most are those with some sort of character issues. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we we dropped the ball on Ruben Foster. He he dropped like a bomb through the first round. He was supposed to go a lot higher, and we picked him up, saying that we've done our due diligence. But obviously, that due diligence wasn't worth anything because he lived up to his reputation. And one of the things that I have noticed is, I think you pronounce his name, Judy, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver. Mm. Looking at what the analysts are saying on Twitter, on um, on NFL.com, a lot of them have turned around and said, well, this, this young lad might drop. He's got a few issues off the field. He's absolutely fantastic on it, but he's got a few issues off the field. Is it going to be another Ruben Foster for us? Are we going to see him drop to us? We pick him up, and he's going to have the the same character issues as what Ruben Foster had. 
It's a worry. I can't hear that guy's name without hearing. Do either of you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. Judge the Judy. Pontiac Bandit. Yeah. Judge Judy. Yeah. <laughs> every time I hear it, I've not not spent that much time listening to podcasts and stuff, but every time I hear the name Judy come up, I, I just think of the guy in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Do, do you call the guy in Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> Doug Judy? Doug Judy, isn't it? Yeah, the Pontiac Bandit. You, you know what? Up until you <laughs> said that, I always thought they were calling him Judge Judy. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a different program altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up. You learn every, you learn something new every day, honest. But yeah, yeah, did, did I think Doug of that. Did you not have a sister called Trudy Judy or something like that in one of the episodes? We've gone completely off tangent here. We have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look that up now. Um, what were we talking about? Completely lost it. Right. Doug Judy, Pontiac Bandit. <laughs> We're talking about pick 13, Armstead, who's going to step up and take take over. So on, 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 on to the rest of the free agents. Uh, obviously, like I said at the start, it hasn't been like previous years where we've had a lot of cap space to go out and sign some of the top free agents around. But I think we've done all the best business in-house, um, the likes of re-signing Blair, Ward, Sean Coleman, Ben Garland, Kendrick Bourne, who finally signed yesterday. Um, and now he's egging on Breeder to do the same thing and sign his uh, second round tender. And then we also secured uh, Brunskill, Dwelly, Mosley, Mullins and Wilson, all attended with one-year exclusive contracts, which means that uh, they need to stay and play for us for the next year. So I think we did a good job at the players that we targeted to re-sign as opposed to the ones that we let go. And I think the main one that we let go, outside of the book and the trade, the main one that we let go in free agency would have been Emmanuel Sanders. And again, when you look at it, I think you can understand why we did that. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. I think he's getting a two-year deal at $8 million a year with the Saints. Um, I think it probably comes down to the fact that we either probably couldn't or were unwilling to match that. Uh, we've got a, a, a gentleman by the name of George Kittle to pay fairly soon. Um, and I think, again, it, it, like Buckner, it just comes down to, to the money. Um, and unfortunately, whatever we offered Sanders, clearly the Saints Saints beat it. Um, and, you know, he's at a stage of his, his career where probably getting those last few paydays are, are going to be important. And obviously he's going to a team that can compete. So... <sighs> Yeah, and I, shame to shame to see him go, but I think it's a, a another one of those that we couldn't afford it. Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, I think he's the third highest wide receiver paid in this off season, behind I think it was Cooper and Anderson. Um, Anderson would I think would have been uh, worth a look, but obviously with the, with the price that he's gone for, that's not going to happen. And yeah, we just for the, for what he's gone for, we we just were never going to be in the running. We don't have the cap room and. As you say, there Kittle's got to be paid at some point. You've got to make sacrifices and and build through the draft in in the way that many other teams that have won recent Super Bowls have done that. And Sanders goes to another contender. He's ring chasing. You can you can't really hold that against him. Really, we were never really going to be in the running once someone of the likes of the Saints were going to come in and uh, pay him that amount of money. It's you know you you can't begrudge him going now on that and in terms of that the the 49ers have got a look at, and and they've done some of this sort of stuff through the free agency period this year is that they have to look at the the way that the likes of the 
Patriots and the Seahawks and that have built through free agency in the past. They don't go out and make sort of big splashy signings on day one and day two of free agency. They sort of bide their time. And you'll see someone playing or, you know, making big plays in playoff games and in the Super Bowl that they probably picked up week two, week three, week 10 into the season, you know, that they just seem to be able to go out and get these people at the drop of a hat off the street or someone else has let go or they picked up as a, as a sort of a, a nobody type signing in free agency that, that they just bide their time, go out and they get players who can make an impact at the right time for them. And that's kind of the the market that we're in for, for our players this season now. And, and that's not a bad thing. You know, if if you if you went if you went out and you had sort of 60, 70, 80 million cap space every year, you're doing something very, very, very wrong and, and you're not playing very good football to, to be constantly in that position. So to be in the position that we're in, it, it's testament to, you know, recruiting well, um, getting in good free agents and, and being a good football team who are making runs into the playoffs. How much of a miss do you think Sanders is going to be? If you evaluate his his overall contribution, and, and not just the first few weeks where he made a major impact, I think he, he you know clearly he needs to be replaced. Uh, you know I'm I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurd can do. Um, I'm I'm pleased to see uh, hopefully that Trent Taylor will be back as well. Um, people seem to have generally pegged wide receiver as being one of our our key needs. I think even before Sanders went, but I, you know, having having Jalen Hurd and, and Trent Taylor back is going to be like drafting two good receivers in in, in this year's draft because they're they're going to be sort of fresh players, uh, hopefully if they, if they can they can stay fit. So I I don't know that wide receiver is as much of a, um, a priority for us as as people are saying. I, I think it's a every team in the league would would want a standout wide receiver if they could. Um, and I think people might be, be sleeping on Debo a little. I don't see why Debo can't be our, 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 our WR1. Um, I think he's he's got that potential. Um, it's something we, we do need to, to, to look at. Obviously, more people and more reliable ball, ball catchers are, are what you need in the game. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he, he's gone. Um, there's there seems to be quite a lot of receivers available in the draft. I'm I'm sure that that thinking came into it. Uh, and we, we we're going to get two two other receivers back on the roster from missing an entire season. Uh, one of whom Jalen Hurd. Uh, you know, there's a lot of noise about how uh, how athletic he is and how how good he could be. So yeah, good luck to Sanders. Uh, he obviously, he, he was important for us for a season, um, but sometimes that's that's what you do. You get a get a player in, and you get the best out of him for the season. Um, and you get him for that money, um, and then you have to let them go. Yeah, I think if there, if there's a run of quarterbacks or other positions in that sort of top ten, top eleven, I think one of those, not that I know much about them, but one of these sort of big three receivers that seem to be touted around at the minute is probably going to fall into our lap at number thirteen. And at that point, it's whether it's the right one that fits Kyle's system, whether it's the one that Kyle likes the most that drops down, or whether indeed he has maybe a, a choice of two at that position at, at that time, possibly. And if he does, I wouldn't put it past him to go out and get one of them, to be honest. I, I, think, I think it is a big need, but I think you've made a really good point there, Gareth, is that, you know, with um, Hurd and Taylor coming back, it's a bit of a sort of cliche way of looking at it, but... Potentially, that could be your third and fourth round draft picks for this off season, couldn't it? Getting those two back. Taylor's been out what, nearly yeah, two years yeah. now. 
Hurd was out with a back injury all of last season. So, you know, it is a little bit cliche, but you are getting those two guys back to potentially come in and be on the active roster from, from the start. If we ever get a season, if, if the season starts and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, so if we don't target a wide receiver, I, my opinion, we'll go offensive line rather than defensive line. But if we do go wide receiver, I watched the uh, the highlight reel on, on Jerry Judy and I got really excited watching it. He, he is absolutely fantastic. His route running is unbelievable. And he does, mm. he looks absolutely fantastic. He's got the speed. He's got the route running. He, he's an intelligent footballer. He, he's pulling in difficult uh, catches to to keep hold of. And he does, he looks very exciting, which is why I kind of don't think he will fall to us. Out, out of the three that's there, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got uh, C.D. Lamb and uh, Mike Ruggs the third. Uh, I think Mike Ruggs the third is probably the one that we'll we'll have a chance of taking at uh, 13th overall. But there's also rumours online that uh, potentially we might actually move up to take a player. I can't see us moving up. No, I can't either. I, I think that's crazy. But they have just started to surface those rumours in the last uh, week or so. Maybe yeah, I can see us maybe trading away one or two players and picking up a, an extra pick or two. It'd be, you know, be that like a, a Matt Breeder or someone like that along the way, possibly. But I, I uh, can't see us. It's, it's with the with the quarterbacks that are going to go, you're going to get a playmaker for to be that either defensive lineman, one of the top O linemen, one of those top wide receivers, um, or top one of the top defensive back. It, it's gonna, they're going to fall. Someone is going to fall to 13, and and we're going to be running up to the. Well, we're not. We're going to be phoning it in as quick as we possibly can to get our pick in. I would say. And then I think that that later that later pick is probably going to be the one that's going to, you know, they're almost going to do any whatever they can to move back into day two with that one. I think we haven't got the draft capital to trade up. I mean, I don't know where no. we're from. We've got no second, third, or fourth round picks. So how how are we going to trade up? Other You're than pick thirty one to what join go up what four or five places? It's uh, it doesn't sound like the only way you're going to do it is future picks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Trade we'll away next year's picks. next year's round round one pick, but I don't know. Can't see it. That that would be the only way we would do it. I would say. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I can't see it either, and it's, it's something I think is crazy. And we shouldn't do. Um, if if anything, if we can't get the player that we want at thirteen, then definitely trade back if we can and, and get more picks. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll get enamoured with someone, and. If they drop to 13, they'll be all over it. Yeah. Yeah, we got quite a lot of flexibility with that because I think if, if they're, we're in a position where I don't think there's any any one player we, we particularly need, we, we can sit on that pick 13 and say, look, we'll quite happily take it. Or if any of the, particularly if any of the um, quarterbacks are, uh, are somehow still left on the board there, some of the, uh, you know, the fourth or fifth best ones, there could be somebody who's who's desperate to trade up. Well, yeah, you think of the Bears a couple of years ago trading up with us to get Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't taking a quarterback there, but but they were so worried that we might trade out a pick three that they, you know they they wanted to come up. Someone would always be desperate to make a move with you at some point if if they if they, if they see their guy drop in or if they see a chance of uh, someone else making a move on their guy. Yeah, and I, I think that team's going to be the Dolphins. 
Uh, yeah, Dolphins have got loads of capital, haven't they? The Dolphins yeah. could make a massive move in, in the draft. Dolphins have got 14 picks this year. I know. Yeah. And that's three in the first round. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Right, so back to free agency. And the only player of note that we released was Mike Person. Um, obviously, we had uh, Daniel Brunskill come in and he performed absolutely fantastically. So you can understand why we've gotten rid of Mike Person, who's a lot older than Brunskill. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a lot cheaper than Brunskill as well. Yeah, though I think we we did sign a, a replacement pretty much straight away, didn't we? Because um, I remember thinking it was odd. I thought, okay, if, if Persons needs to go for some cap space, fine. And then I think we, we just spent it getting a free agent guard from from somewhere. Compton, Tom Compton? Yeah, so I don't think... To be honest, I think he's going to be more of a camp body. I, I might be wrong. I mean, he might end up starting day one. Um, but the feeling I get is he's more of a camp body than anything else. I think we're we're paying him three million or something, so that's that's quite a lot for a for a mascot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not three million a year though, is it? What, what uh, wasn't he signed for a two year contract? And it was three oh, yeah. three million over the two years. Oh, is it? Oh, three million over the two years. There we go. I thought it was a uh, three million a year. Yeah, Tom Compton. Yeah, it, it did strike me as a slightly odd move, but. Uh, you know, thinking about it, one area where we could do with improvement is is pass protection. We were a bit soft up the middle, uh, so I hope that is somewhere they're they're looking to address and perhaps have done that evaluation of of finding that person is somebody who could be improved uh, upon. Um, uh, and I think we've seen before that uh, John Lynch isn't scared of making a tough decision. So, so Compton was only signed to a one year contract. Just check that. And I'm just having a look to see if I can find his uh, his contract details on over the cap because I didn't think I didn't think it was three million. Yeah, I think Brunskill might have one of those guard positions locked down for this season. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he's got that much flexibility and and skill that he can come in and do that. And school to be the your sort of swing tackle who can move from left to right and fill in anywhere across the middle should he need needs to be. With Brunskill being a starter, and then you've got Ben Garland as well. Don't forget, he came in and did a pretty good job in at centre through the season. Yeah, he did do a good job, definitely. So you know you've got that flexibility there that you can let one or two go. Yeah, and we've got Richburg coming back as well. Richburg's back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got us wondering about that Compton uh, contract now. <laughs> Here we go, Tom Compton, two point one million. Base salary, right? That's on uh, over the cap. And of course, we've got Travis Benjamin in as well, who's probably going to be this year's Jordan Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Cut added to the squad. Cut added to the squad. Cut added to the squad. <laughs> yeah, so Compton's got a two point seven million cap number. So it's probably a little, perhaps a little cheaper than uh, Person was. So I'd be surprised about that because I don't think Person was on that much either. That, that's why I was quite surprised when you uh, when you initially said three million. I was thinking, well, we couldn't have cut them for a, a cap reason. And to be honest, I mean, last season, fair enough. I mean, this this is not particularly performance related, but one of my enduring memories of last season that'll be in my mind is that picture of my person coming off the field. Um, I think it was against the Ravens, and he was absolutely covered in mud. 
Yeah. yeah, it might have been the Redskins game, the uh, the mud bath. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great photo. Well, it was like a proper 1970s type look, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was a throwback. <laughs> throwback type look, yeah. Yeah, but as as well as the, the starters and the replacements did uh, uh, last season, I think in, the interior seemed to be where we were we were soft at times. In Yeah, we got found out in that Super Bowl, didn't we? But people were coming yeah. up through the middle straight into Jimmy's face a little too easily uh, in a few games. I certainly remember against the Rams. I know it's Aaron Donald, but... Um, but still, he was getting a, he was basically having a free run at the quarterback, um, and that's certainly something that needs to be potentially addressed. So, is there anything else about um, free agency you want to touch on? I thought uh, it was good to sign. We signed Jimmy Ward. Um, I think he's on a, he's on nine nine and a half million or something. It's possible we might have overpaid slightly there, but um, uh, good to see him signed uh, uh, again. So yeah, I've I've got to agree with you. I I was happy we re-signed him. Obviously, he's been like Mr. Pyrex since he joined the team. <laughs> um, he's had that many games out. It's been unbelievable, and you do worry about that, especially when you re-sign him to a contract like we have. But he was absolutely excellent last season, and he was playing in a position that he prefers to play in, rather than um, I, I think for the first couple of seasons we were playing him at uh, nickelback, and he, he just wasn't he wasn't comfortable there. The way he played last year definitely deserved to be rewarded. Yeah. I don't think it's now a position where we are light. We've got Ward there. We've got Chikwiski Tart. I think that's a good partnership, them two. Um, looking at our cornerbacks, we've got Sherman and we've got Mosley. Mosley's only going to get better. You've got Witherspoon as well. When he came back in last season, at the start of the season, he was absolutely excellent. For those three four games and I think he was the highest rated cornerback but then he had his injury and when he came back he just couldn't he couldn't get back into it I don't know if it was a speed thing I don't know if it was an injury thing but he, he was just getting torn apart week in week out so yeah I, I think our secondary isn't as bad as what people make it out to be yeah see I would I was I've watched a little bit of that Super Bowl back and as well as Sherman played all season and as well as he scored on his PFF rating and on various different other analytical websites, he failed the eye test a little bit more for me. Again, Do you know what I'm I saying? There, there yeah. were so, so many, not so many, I don't want to be overly critical. There was probably three or four big plays where you would expect him to have covered much better or to have not given up Um a completion so easily or not missed a tackle quite as much as he would have done in the past that I think it would be, there was, there was some alarm bells going off in my head about when I watched a little bit of that game back about whether that is a, a higher need in this off season or now in the draft than maybe a lot of people were possibly considering. So I think at 31, we were looking if you, believe what you read on uh, Twitter. We were looking for a cornerback at 31, and mm. I think it's C.G. Henderson. His, his name keeps on popping up. Yeah, but could it could it be a need at 13? So, you know when I mentioned um, about those ridiculous stories saying that we might trade up? Mm. So the trade-up was for a cornerback, uh, okay. <laughs> whose name <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce because I think I'll butcher it. O- Ogdu or something like that. Not not a, a Cuda? A Cuda. It might Acuda, be a Cuda. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've seen mock drafts with him going, you know, third. 
so to uh, to the Lions to replace Darius Slay. So uh, a lot of the drafts I've seen, he's he's long gone before thirteen. Um, I think I think cornerback is a is a need for us. If you look look back at the Super Bowl. Uh, we get the we get the pressure, but if you've got a mobile quarterback who can st- extend the plays, as, as as Mahomes did, you find holes in the secondary. Uh, and unfortunately, we face Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray twice each year, uh, and those are the sort of guys who can avoid a strong pass rush. Uh, and that's where suddenly uh, all the pressure is on the secondary to stay covering for for a long period of time. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Sherman, Mosley and Witherspoon are all out of contract at the end of next year. Uh, so we could potentially lose all three in one go. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I think corner is definitely something to look at, at with our first round pick, whether it's 13 or 31. I, I actually think it's probably more important than wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that because, I mean... I... The way Shanahan schemes, he can scheme open and an average receiver, no problem. I don't think that is a bigger need as some of the weaker areas. But having said that, like I've just said, I don't think secondary is as bad as what people make it out to be. Yes, we were found uh, wanting in the Super Bowl that there was that um, third, third and 16 pass, third and 16, third and 14, where, where Mosley bit on the underneath route. Um, whereas if he hadn't bit on that, he'd have had that covered. So, I mean, you can look at that. Well, that was only one player. Other than that, Mosley was excellent during the game. Mm. Sherman, he was targeted five times and there was five completions. He had a bit of a stinker in that game. But for the rest of the season, he has played okay. You also have to take into account who was throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just on another level. The talk about him being a mobile quarterback, I don't think he's mobile as much as Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson or... Kyler Murray, uh, but he still gave us problems getting away from the pressure, uh, and that gave him enough time for a top tier quarterback like him to pick his target. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I I think it's it's more of a priority for us. Uh, and you know, Mosley's been good, but can he maintain that? And and again, what which Witherspoon is going to turn up? Is he going to have another good off season and start well, or or is he going to? Uh, you know, stay slightly hesitant and and uh, and easily beaten by a wide receiver. Um, we're we're in a pass happy league and we're we're in a pass happy division as well. So uh, I, I think cornerback is is definitely something we should look at uh, early in the draft. So be, before we finish, I'll, I'll just mention this this one thing about the draft. So obviously we've only got seven picks in total: um, two in the first round, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, two in the seventh. Um, so that's nothing in the second, third, or fourth round. However, currently on our roster, we we do have a bunch of undrafted players. And when you hear the names, and obviously us being 49 fans, we know exactly how good they are or how well they have performed over the last season. It's quite surprising how good our roster is complemented by undrafted players. We've got the likes of Kendrick Bourne. We've got Mustard, Breeder. Wilson, we've got Ross Dwelly, uh, tight end, Robbie Gould. Robbie Gould was a undrafted free agent. Um, Kyle Nelson, long snapper, Mosley, cornerback, Mullins, quarterback. Uh, K1 Williams, he, he was undrafted. So you, you look at that group of undrafted players and you know fine well 
that there's diamonds to be had outside of the uh, seven picks we have in the draft. So I, I don't think I'm that concerned about the lack of picks. Mm. I, I think I'll be more concerned about what we do with the seven picks we do have. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they've shown that they're, they're good at picking up these, these later round players. Um, I mean, let alone some of these undrafted gems, but obviously people like uh, Greenlaw and Kittle being fifth round picks. Uh, whatever it is we're doing in terms of sort of homework and scouting, uh, we we seem to be doing very well at picking up those players, um, and that's so important because you know they're cheap, um, and that's how you, how you build a team. You know, look at the production we've had out of Kittle, and I think you know we barely pay him a million um, for for a guy who's worth ten. So uh, that's that's what you really need to do, and that's that's one thing that I'm I, I think like you. I, I'm not so bothered about the the, the lack of uh, uh, draft picks because we seem to have done well in the later. Um, though I would like to see us perhaps if we could pick up more in the in the third and fourth, just to give a bit of flexibility um, and the potential to to take a you know a middle fourth round pick and maybe maybe bundle it up with a seventh and move up to make sure we get a guy that we w- really want rather than a guy who's like kind of yeah okay we'll we'll take him yeah. So outside of the 49er transactions in the free agency and uh, obviously we've discussed briefly uh, what potentially could happen in the draft, there's a couple of other newsworthy topics to uh, just to finish off on that I would like your thoughts on. The first one being Tom Brady to the books and the second one is Alden Smith to the Cowboys. What, what did you make about those two? Isn't Florida where all old people go to retire? When they go to retire? <laughs> yeah, the one, the warm weather's good for his hips. <laughs> yeah, it is right, good for the bones and that you know. Um, yeah, good that to Brady. Um, I think he he looks better at his age than Phil Rivers does at his age, that's for sure. But it was a little bit of an odd one being linked to us for so long, and also with the Forty ers seemingly not denying it either. Um, Cut a long story short, I'll take Jimmy G in his 20s over a 43-year-old Brady for next season. And I think anyone who thinks Brady at this point of his career is a better choice than Jimmy G at this point in his career is mad, to be perfectly honest. They do have the same agent, so maybe that could have been in play. Um, but yeah, it'd be really odd to see him in those hideous new uniforms that they wear now. Talking of which, have you seen Atlanta's new uniforms today? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, yes, I have, yes. They are horrendous. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. They make Cleveland's look good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's two days running that. Uh, is it two days running that the Bucks and the Falcons have both aired their new uniforms? Was it consecutive days? Sorry? Have the Bucks changed again? I'm sure the Bucks have changed again, haven't they? Did they? Did, did they not put something on um, Twitter about Brady and Brady in the new uniform? Okay, yeah, I've yeah. seen that then. I saw the Falcons one today, but the, I mean, the, the previous incarnation of the Buccaneers uniform was hideous as it was. But so yeah, I dread to think they should go back to the creamsicle ones. They were they were the best. I think I think they've been emboldened by everyone seeing the uh, LA Rams new logo. And oh, stuff. God, oh, that yeah. is horrible! What is going on? <laughs> it doesn't matter what we do; it can't be the worst sort of new new logo this year. So, you know, it, it, it's just completely against everything I stand for. To feel sorry for the Rams, but I felt sorry for the Rams fans when I saw that logo. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought that looks absolutely bloody awful. That it just it it, it should be on the front of a washing machine. That logo, <laughs> just immediately what I think of some kind of whirlpool. Yeah. Um, as 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 for Brady, I, I think it's probably a good move for Brady. I think you know the Bucks are, are a reasonable team. They're a sort of an eight and eight team with Jameis Winston throwing away three games a season. Mm. So I think they can easily be a ten or eleven win team. Um, and I certainly think perhaps for Brady, uh, you know, playing in the warm weather is potentially at his stage of the career and not having to face a a frozen pitch for for two months of the year is is probably attractive, but he's gone to a pass happy team who can potentially compete. Um, but I I personally think he he may well be just eyeing those records uh, because the Bucks are a team where you know he he, he can easily do three hundred yards and three TDs a game, uh, and if he wants that for two seasons. Uh, he should be he should be chasing pretty much every record that's out there. So uh, I can see it's probably a, a good move for him. It's going to make that uh, interesting games with Bucks and Saints. Um, bit of a shootout uh, for the neutral fan there. So yeah, interesting interesting move. Um, and it's interesting how he how he's finally moved and it's it's caused all these other pieces to shift around. And I think it's a, there's a huge amount of uncertainty. And I think it's going to make for quite an interesting draft. And I think it's all on the back of this kind of, um, you know, shifting of the sands as as Brady moves on. So, so I've got to say, I don't think Brady's gone to the books purely to to just pad his stats and, and get those records. I think he's gone there so he can stick two fingers up with Bill Belichick and say, "Look, I, I can win without you." I'm, yeah. I'm convinced that's why he's done it. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure that's why he's gone to a team that has, as I said, you know, the Bucks can be a contender. Um, plus, of course, he's got he's got two very good wide receivers, yeah. Uh, which which was clearly something which would be attractive to any quarterback. So, and how about Alden Smith to the Cowboys then? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it at all until until we can until we can get an idea of seeing him even in whatever we might get as a preseason. Uh, you know, you just don't know. I mean, it's. It's odd that they've gone for, you know, such a potentially such a risk. Mm. Yeah, he's been out of the game quite a while now. Proper cowboy signing, isn't it? It is, yeah. You've got to think he's lost at least a yard or two, speed-wise. Yeah, I mean, on a personal level, I hope he does well, and I wish him well. Yeah. And I hope that he's over all of his, you know, problems and his demons, but... Yeah, the Cowboys are like the sort of the perfect Schadenfreude, aren't they? <laughs> 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 I hope he has a great season, yeah. but I hope the Cowboys absolutely suck. You know, they they they're just such good fun for for just putting themselves into these positions, and and we all get to enjoy yeah. the the, the fallout of it all. <laughs> right, thank you for joining me on the short, dear guys. Um, it's been much appreciated. No problem. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, good to be back on. And thank you to everyone that takes time to download and listen to the podcast. It is much it's appreciated nice to talk about as well. Sport. It is. It's it's actually yeah. nice to talk to another adult. Yeah. <laughs> you just go stir crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll be setting up that Sparrow website as well at some point. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't have my soundboard uh, linked up correctly. Otherwise, I'd been playing the breaking news jingle. So I've got a bit of breaking news for you, and it's absolutely mega. So get this, 
Doug Judy's sister is called Trudy Judy. <laughs> I thought I thought it was something like that. Yeah, it's definitely Trudy Judy. <laughs> nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Right. Look forward to recording the next one and take care guys. Stay safe and stay home. Catch you later. Go Niners.